It's the Real Roots Radio podcast, on-demand content highlighting the best information and entertainment from the Real Roots Radio team. Tyler Fairburn and Chubby Howard always have fun on the Chubby Howard Show every Saturday, and you never know who's going to drop by or give them a call. Ladies and gentlemen, please make welcome Mr. Vince Gill. Hello, fellas. <laughs> How you doing, Tyler? How you doing, Kevin? You guys all right? Yeah, God bless you. Thank you a lot for calling uh, us in today. My pleasure. Obviously, I'm not working. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's... Uh, out good. That, it has worked out good. Really, that's uh, the last few weeks here on uh, Real Roots Radio, uh, especially Saturday. I've been having a lot of uh, artists and musicians call in because this is about the time we can catch all of you. About the only time we can catch all of you because uh, generally you guys, all of you are working down there. So this uh, yeah. this little uh, temporary vacation that you all are on down here. We'll, and great. Uh, it's uh, great to be able to talk to uh, you and a lot of the folks. We just had Paul Franklin in uh, this morning and uh, like to... Uh, welcome you on in here and a mighty big thank you to you and uh, we just we love your records and uh, we we like playing that good old music that uh, the real deal country and western music and that's what uh, your music is all about well thank you i've got a i've got a lifelong connection to ohio uh in that one of the bands i was in as a kid was uh, a rock band called pure prairie league and they were all from the cincinnati area chillicothe area and around there and and then my dad, when I was about 19, he moved to Columbus, Ohio, and spent the last 20, 20 years of his life uh, in Columbus being a judge. And, and so I spent a good good bit of time up there. So oh, I would say so, yeah. I, uh, I, I had forgotten about that. I, I remember uh, hearing uh, an interview that you did and uh, talking about uh, how you're... Uh, Dad and uh, you would have these uh, conversations on the telephone when you were first trying to break into the music business. And uh, some of his, some of his uh, words of wisdom will say that uh, he passed along to you. Yeah. Hey, sadly, they don't belong. They can't be on the radio. <laughs> <laughs> oh well, Vince, it really is. It's great to have you on. And uh, Thank you. I know, uh, you know, everything, you know, music and, and a lot of venues and, and places, uh, they're, they're just having to uh, reschedule or some folks, unfortunately, they're having to cancel dates altogether because of this thing going on. And uh, I know uh, you're, you're probably really missing those Monday nights down there with the time jumpers. Yeah, we have a standing Monday night gig here in Nashville at a real neat little club called Third and Lindsley. And I know you've talked to Paul this morning and Jeff Taylor in recent weeks and probably Kenny and all the rest of the knuckleheads. And we just go down there and have the best time playing music that we all love and adore. And you just don't get to hear very much of it anymore, especially the Western swing stuff, you know, that Bob Wills made so so popular back in the forties and fifties and maybe even earlier than that for all I know. But um, we just have a ball. We call it uh, call it free therapy. <laughs> That's right. That's right. Vince, I watched you the other day in the circle, and uh, you had your wife and you had your daughters, and I'm telling you what, that was something else, sir. Well, I'm a lucky man. I'm blessed by a lot of a lot of great women around me. I'm pretty pretty fortunate, and and uh, a couple of the kids are really crazy about about being musical, you know, and and it's really it's so much fun to see. That's been the real blessing of of this virus, uh, making us stay home and. Uh, my daughter, youngest, uh, was in her first year of college, and 
So she came home from spring break, and she'd been here at the house, and just having her back in the house has been great. This was her first year away from home, and we missed her terribly. And then she'd start playing the piano every day, and we felt like old times. And she's in there writing songs, singing her heart out. And it's been great. And they were sweet enough to come out and play the Opry. You know, the Opry in 94 years, I think, might have only had one night that they didn't have music. I think it was the night uh, Dr. Martin Luther King was assassinated. I may be wrong about that, but uh, for 94 years, it's been it's been going strong, and they didn't want to see it come to an end. So we figured out a way to go out there. And the week before, I played with Marty Stewart and Brad Paisley, just three guitars and nobody in the crowd, and <laughs> kind of like it used to be. It was just on the radio, you know. It was mm-hmm. never televised for such a long, long time. So kind of like going back to the beginning it is it, it that's that's got to be such a weird feeling walking out onto that stage into an empty auditorium and uh, and playing out there. that's got to be so weird well unfortunately i've experienced that a few times over the years so it wasn't that big a deal <laughs> giving, giving you some flashbacks huh <laughs> praise God, the early days through a party and nobody came <laughs> uh vince uh of course you was with the pure prairie league and uh, where did you go from, from that? Did you go to Louisville, Kentucky, or was you in Louisville first? I was in Louisville first, and then I went to Lexington, played in the band with Ricky Skaggs, Jerry yeah. Douglas, another Ohio boy. And and, uh, and then I moved out to California to play with a great fiddle player named Byron Berline. Oh. Byron was, uh, was a great session fiddle player and a great yeah. bluegrass fiddle player that played with Bill Monroe and had a group called the Country Gazette. Wow. And, and he started his own band, and I went out there Southern California as a 19-year-old kid. Played with him for a few years, and then last time the Pure Prairie League job for about three and a half years, and then uh, started making my own records in the early 80s, trying to hit a lick country music with not much success, but it took a few years to finally turn around. With the Pure Prairie League, did you play, uh, of course you sang with them, did you play the yeah. lead too? Oh yeah, there's whatever was necessary. Yeah. You know, that's always been you know, I'm, I'm a little bit different. The majority, I think, over the years, of hillbilly singers that, that get out there and sing these country songs, it, over the years there hadn't been that many musicians, you know, that were, that could really play. Right. Just a handful interspersed here and there. And and so I was fortunate that I could play, too, and, and, and spent a lot of lean years doing sessions and singing on records and playing on records. And it kind of kept me afloat during the years where... I wasn't really uh, having hit stuff like that, so I've always had a, I think, the mindset of a musician more than maybe even an artist or singing star or whatever. I just kind of came at everything with the heart and, and mindset of a musician. Boy, that's true. You're such a great guitar player, and you write Thank some you. great songs. And like, there's so many that I like. Uh, that you've got, and you had the great steel player backed you up on a few of them. Uh, John Huey, my pal, oh, and yeah. everything. And a pocket full of gold is the one I like. Oh man, he could get he could he could play that instrument. You know, I've been fortunate that in in my recording career, I had some of the some of the greatest. And John, <laughs> for a long time, you know, from a lot of people don't realize Paul Franklin played on "When I Call Your Name." Yeah, and and then John started playing with me after that, and and I always, you know, I was always drawn to was artists that had maybe a musician that was somewhat definitive in their sound, and I 
I preferred the steel guitar uh, over the electric guitar um, for that, and and was lucky to have some really great ones. So I think I got it, got it in my head how much I loved the instrument when I came to Nashville, and I was 18 years old, and I just joined a band and moved away from home, and we came to town and made a record, and Buddy Emmons played on it. You've been in our neighborhood, and I went to see you, and you, you've got such a great show. Uh, yeah, at at the Rose, it was called the Rose. Uh huh. Yeah. And they love you up here in this neighborhood. Maybe you'll get back in this neighborhood when this all settles down and everything. But not only are you a great singer and songwriter, but boy, you pick so good. And Thank you. and uh, you and Paul, we played that record and still do the Bakersfield. Yeah, and Joe Mullins, you know Joe, I'm sure. Absolutely, yeah. Well, he owns this station, and we're on six of them, six radio stations, all in the neighborhood in Dayton, around this area, and of course we're Real Roots Radio, all across the country. Uh, uh, you've had, I know you visit with Joe because he's on the Opry once in a while. Oh yeah, all the time. I got a great love for my bluegrass path. Uh, yes. He I really was, gets it done. I was going to say, not only are you great country, but you're certainly a great bluegrass man. And you love bluegrass, <laughs> I can tell. I do love it. I used to joke all the time. I said I had to quit playing bluegrass because I wanted to own my own home someday. <laughs> <laughs> uh, right, right real quick, before I get you back over to Tyler, yes, you, you've got a great Coach, you're a guitar man. You got a great collection of guitars. Uh, I, I watched yeah. it on television, showing about how you had them stored. And well, it's like where you put your clothes, uh, and you pull yeah, out dresser, the drawers. Yeah, like dresser drawers. Yeah, almost. And yeah, I did them with case felt, like you put in a guitar case. And I love these old instruments, and got a collection of a couple hundred great old vintage. <laughs> Martins and Fenders and Gibsons and everything, and I can't I can't put them down. I love them, but it's really my only kind of crazy vice, you know. I don't have boats, I don't have other houses, anything like that. <clears throat> Pretty simple minded guy, but man, do I love those old guitars! I thought that was the best idea, the way you got them fixed at your home and everything. Uh-huh. It's fantastic. Yeah, they're not well, they're not in their case, and I get to play them all the time. That's right. Get to op, get to optimize your storage. <laughs> what? Yeah. Right, real quick. What a great guy you are, not only in this business, you. but you're just a nice man. And I know you love because you you like the steel because you are a musician, a great yes. musician and picker. Plus, you sing well as good as it gets, and. <clears throat> And, and I'm honored to talk to you on the air, and I hope... Uh, right back at you. Of course, my son uh, was down and went to see the Time Jumpers, and he showed you my uh, Hall of Fame plaque. Oh, yeah. You remember, that was my son, Tony. I got you, yeah. No, I got to go and help Mr. Huey get... He got his induction in his yeah. guitar Hall of Fame. And, right. and I love that instrument. I love that instrument the most. Uh, because it, to me, it it's the closest thing to a human voice. Well, you, in, in, of any instrument, and it defines our music better than any other instrument to me. You know the things I really love. You don't know how much uh, old Chubby appreciates today. I've been here. Of course, I still pick the steel, and I ain't no youngster. I've been around a little while, <laughs> and uh, 
I've been here with Joe for about 23 years on the weekend, but I still pick, uh, oh, quite frequently. But at this particular time, if I do any picking, it's in the little room where my stuff is <laughs> till, we, till we get back again uh, picking uh, somewhere along the trail, and I know you do too. We love the Bakersfield. Do you think you and Paul will ever do number two? We've got it halfway done. All right. Ah, <laughs> I've been thinking of that for a long time. Will they do volume number two? Well, we're going to try maybe a couple of different artists. We're going to go back, and, and, and we've already recorded uh, all the Ray Price oh, stuff. That's and great. And the early days of Ray, and, and back when all the shuffles were king, and, and, and Van was singing that high harmony before it got real string string driven and ballady and whatnot and Paul really shines and yeah. and then we're also gonna probably do some of the early George Jones uh, <laughs> catalog too to go along with that. Bakersfield to Beaumont or something. I don't know what we're gonna call it. <laughs> that makes me feel good because I've been thinking about that in my mind. And you know, when I was in Tacoma, Washington, uh, Buck Owens uh, it was Buck Owens and the Bar K Gang. That was the name of the band. <laughs> and he was in a place that he brought up guys from from California. And I right. got to meet Merle Haggard in the 60s. He, wow. ca he came up to Tacoma in a place called the Grenadier, an old wow. nightclub. And I got to meet him, and we've been friends and forever and and uh, I know you was a big Merle Haggard friend. Well, there was a bigger one I hadn't met him. <laughs> but he was he was nice to me and I got to see him a lot through yeah, the trail he, when he come in this neighborhood or whatever. But thank you special. thank you Vince That's Gill. And here Jeff. here's Tyler. All right. It is it is great to have you on. Tell me a little bit about uh, the new album that uh, you just put out here recently called uh, Oki. Oh man, um just wanted to, uh, you know, I'm 63 years old now. And I think my days of, uh, of long since past of being on the charts and having hit records and things like that, which I knew was coming and hadn't bothered me. And, and uh, I just wanted to make a record of songs, you know, where where it was, you know, the impetus for the idea came from Redhead Stranger, mm -hmm. Willie's old record that was just basically him and guitar and all these great songs. And I had a little more instrumentation than that, but uh, that was kind of where the idea sprang from, and I didn't want anything to get in the way of the songs. You know, there's not there's not a lot of solos, there's not a lot of chorus harmonies, things like that. It's not trying to, to uh, overkill it. I just tried to never get in the way of the song, and real proud of a lot of the songs, and couldn't have I probably couldn't have written those songs as a young man. Yeah, mm -hmm. it needed. Uh, a good bit of life under my belt to be able to have that perspective. Yeah, and oh, absolutely. As a songwriter, real proud of that record. It is. It's it's a it's a great record and uh, a great album. We've got it here and uh, in the studio, and and we play it uh, quite a bit. And uh, thank you. It's uh, it's a great album, great record, and uh, glad glad that uh, we've got it here. And like I said, it's uh, it's just something that's uh, fantastic. And uh, we're really glad to uh, have. Like I, said, I know we keep re I keep repeating myself, but it's true. I'm just so glad to have you on the airwaves here today. Yeah, thank you. And uh, been a fan of yours for uh, quite some time, uh, many years. I know Chebby has uh, too. So uh, now uh, we was talking a little bit before we came on the air. You know, Nashville's kind of suffered a, a a double whammy here. You know, they had the tornado that came through, 
And, uh, yeah. you know, and then we've got this COVID-19 business going on. So, you know, you got it's kind of hard to rebuild a city when everybody's uh, trying to stay six feet away. How's, how is things in Nashville right now at this certain time? Well, they're like everywhere. You know, no place is immune from this, and, and everybody's struggling financially. It's it's just a disaster all around the country and all around the world, for that matter. But, um, you know, it, it'll we'll be all right. We'll, it'll, it'll just be, you know, we've, we've got a long history of, of hard times. You know, it's kind of where a lot of this great music has uh, always come from are, are the hard times that we face, you know. And that's when you really find out about your character and your will and, your heart and all that stuff when, when you're struggling. It's easy when things are going good to react and, and handle everything, but when things get to running a little rough, man, that's when uh, this country kind of, to me, is is at its best. So I see a lot of kindness out there between people and, and respect for each other. And, and so I, I find a lot of uh, positives that uh, this has created, you know, and for me as well. I've never, I've never sat home like this and 47 years I've been traveling and touring and running and never stopping. And it's been, you know, as sad as everything is, it's kind of been a blessing to just hit the pause button for a little while. That, yeah, that's right. I mean, it's it's amazing to see how, uh, you know, everybody's just moving along, right along, and then all of a sudden, boom, you know, it just comes to a, comes to a halt. And, uh, and it kind of... Bringing, bringing the family kind of back together, you know, uh, everybody's staying at home, spending time with each other. And uh, th- that's, uh, I think that's kind of what, kind of what the country needed, you know. Everybody was running full throttle, you know, and, and everybody's just so busy. And, and uh, I think this is, uh, it's kind of just brings everybody right back together, you know. And everybody, yeah. everybody gets to spend, the family, the family actually becomes a family again, you know. Yeah, there's, there's, sad, there's sadly a, an awful, awful lot of, uh, of tragedy that, that has come from this and, you know, way too many people passing for, uh, for, for tough reasons, you know, and, and everybody's just trying to, the hard thing is, is, is this thing is really hard for anybody to figure out, you know, and, and don't know how to fix it. You don't know how to find a vaccine, you know, you know, how to treat it, what it's going to do. And it's kind of, it's, it's really interesting. There's kind of a, a cloud that hangs over everything that's, it's really, um, I don't know. It, it's, uh, I just feel, I feel for everybody because there's an awful lot of people that have lost family members and loved ones and friends. And I've lost a few friends through this virus and, and, uh, great songwriter, John Prine and Joe Diffie. And, and so it, it has a face on it for me. Oh yeah. You know? Joe Diffie. Uh, he was in yeah. our, he was in our neighborhood, uh, last year. We had yeah. a uh, we had an event out here at, at Caesar Ford Park Summerfest uh, last uh, August, I believe it was, and that was the first time I had uh, ever had an opportunity to meet Joe. And oh, he's uh, a great country singer. He was a great country singer and a great just an all around great human being. Uh, yeah. He was uh, friendly as could be and just just like uh, you know talking to one of the guys. And yeah. uh, he was he <laughs> yeah he, he seemed he seemed like he was just an all around uh, great fella to be around. Yeah. Uh, what's uh, what's one of your fondest memories uh, with with Joe Diffie? Oh man, sharing a dressing room with Porter Wagner, you know, way back a long wow. time ago, and, and uh, we were we were we were just like two kids, you know, getting to hang with with one of the guys we watched every weekend to learn to do what we did, and and uh, just out at the Opry, and 
Alfred's got so many great memories for me, you know, of meeting a lot of my heroes, a lot of my my idols and things like that. And also the people that my parents were crazy about. Mm-hmm. You know, meeting little Jimmy Dickens was, was a big deal for me because my dad's first record <coughs> he ever got as a little boy was the little Jimmy Dickens record. Mm-hmm. And when I finally got to sing with Jimmy one Saturday night, it meant a lot to my dad. You know, and there's so many of those kinds of things that, that kind of find your history in a, in a really beautiful way. That's right. That's very, very well said. That's uh, that's real beautiful. Uh, you've been uh, down there at the Opry for quite some time. Uh, what 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 year did you uh, go uh, go in the Opry as a member? Uh, Ninety one, and then the first I think uh, nineteen eighty nine was the first year I got to play there. Wow. What what what, what was uh, what what was it like? When they when they asked you to be a member, they just had to blow you away. What what was it like yeah. that night? Well, it it uh, it was it was a great feeling, you know, and a great uh, kind of encouraging thing that your career was kind of flipping the switch and going going in a positive direction for for a change. And um, and once again, those early days were were so so memorable because Roy Acuff was still around and Bill Monroe was still around and Manny Pearl was still around and. And so many people, you know, that I that I loved and adored, and that place had a uh, a spirit of family that I can't even describe because it's the one place you could go as a, as a performer and and have a show that could maybe uh, exhibit sixty years of history to it. Mm-hmm. You know, you could see somebody that's been there since the early forties, like Roy, Roy Acuff, and then a kid with his first hit record, me. And everything in between, and it never did. It never did seem to uh, kind of cave to only what was current and what was popular. It was respectful and reverent of its past, and that meant a lot to me. Uh, my mother was born. My mom was 94, and she was born in the fall of 1925 when the Opry started. So there's a connection I feel that that place started at the same time as my mom. Wow, that's, that's, that's kind of dear to me, and, and so it's, it's been it's been a great a great relationship. That is you know, that's really, that's beautiful. That's uh, that's that's kind of like how I am uh, with with uh, Chubby here. Chubby and my great grandfather got their start together in Cincinnati on uh, the Midwestern Hayride, and right. the last the last seven or eight years, I've been researching my great granddad's musical career and uh, just. You know, always he was uh, an accordion player, and uh, and I I play uh, the same uh, instrument. It was passed down through the family to me, and so for the last seven or eight years, I've been uh, researching uh, my great granddad's career, and just happened to find this steel guitar player that he used to be on with in the house band, <laughs> and uh, you know found Chevy working here at the station. So I, I've uh, been you know a good close friend with Chevy for about the last six years, and uh, just last year. About a year and a half ago, uh, they they brought me on here to uh, to co-host with uh, Chevy, and it's like it's it's amazing. He's he's going to be 94 years young, and uh, and I'm uh, I'm 24. So there's there's 70 years difference <laughs> between <laughs> our age, but uh, the the love of the of the music is is definitely mutual between uh, both of us, and so I can I can definitely relate uh, to that feeling you have of uh, of the Opry, and that's just yeah. that's so cool to hear that. Yeah, because music, music is one thing that 
can be timeless. Not all music is timeless. Some music is is put in in a in a bag in a in a, in a stretch of life, and, and it doesn't it doesn't stay relevant forever. But the greatest stuff does. Yeah. The greatest records, the greatest songs, the greatest performances. They're timeless. They're as good today as they were 70 years ago. They sure know? are. They sure are. And uh, I'm going to turn you back over to uh, Chevy here. I know we'll, <laughs> uh, we'll have to uh, be letting you uh, get along, but uh, it sure is an honor to be able to talk to you today, sir, and glad to Thanks, have you Charlie. on. Uh, glad to have you on, and uh, we'll be we'll be sure to uh, have you on again soon if uh, if uh, if your schedule permits, because we're really hoping that uh, all the uh, all the folks like yourself that are that are musicians and artists, we're sure hoping that you all can get uh, back to work soon. As far yeah, as uh, and and everybody else too, we're hoping everybody else can get back to their to their normal life. But uh, we'll be sure to keep in touch with you. All right, thanks, buddy. Vince, I wanted to ask you something. Uh, yes, sir. There's a guitar player around Cincinnati. It's a good friend of mine, Scotty Anderson. You ever hear that name? Oh, sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. My son gave you a bunch of videos or something one time in Nashville of his picking. Oh, yeah. I don't know if you... Uh, Scotty's a, he's a good player. He's great. I just seen him here just a few weeks ago. I went to see Sleep at the Wheel in Cincinnati, and he was at the show. I hadn't seen him for a spell, but uh, but great. I I knew he he we was talking, and he said, "Yeah, Vince Gill is one of my favorites." And I said, "I think Vince liked your playing." That's for sure. <laughs> he is a good player, Vince. You don't know how much this means to old Chubby and Tyler for you to call us today. I know. You're a busy man, and you're a great man, and uh, not only as a picker and a singer and a songwriter this, but as a human being, uh, I've never really got to talk to you like I face-to-face, but, but you're a nice man. I, I feel it. You, you, don't go by, you don't go behind the trees uh, from, from your fans and stuff. Yeah, pretty normal. A fault sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> I know. But anyway, we thank you a million, and I'm looking forward to number two, you and Paul. All right, pal. You'll be the first one to get it. All right, my friend. We sure do appreciate your time, and y'all take care and uh, say hi to the family for us. All right. Tell, tell Joe I said howdy. Sure will. Mr. All Vince right. Gill here on Real Roots Radio. What an honor to be able to be able to talk to him today. Wow. I tell you what. Chubby, I've never seen you so surprised. I'm standing uh, up off of the floor. You're you're ten feet tall over here. <laughs> Especially to, to talk to Vince Gill and Paul Franklin, two of the big ones. The only stations on your dial where radio is as it was intended to be, with local personalities keeping you informed and entertained with the music you love. Real Roots Radio.